what is up everybody thank you uh, for tuning into the fathom beyond sunday podcast we're really excited about this new podcast it's really designed to, to just be very casual just a couple of leaders at fathom talking faith talking life talking about how we can grow in our faith where it's really going on between monday through saturday not just on sunday so uh, tune in listen to the conversation open your heart and pray that that's really helpful Welcome, welcome. We are so excited for you guys to be here again with us um, in this new podcast we are doing. Um, This is Fathom Beyond Sunday, where we engage in conversations that help you walk in your faith throughout the week and help you go deeper in the things of God from Monday to Saturday. And so today we have um, Pastor Kyle. He is the lead pastor of Fathom Church. And myself, I'm Jackie, and I am the community director here at Fathom. Community director. What does that mean, Jackie? <laughs> it means all things Christian formation to do with the community, really. There yeah. we go. I like that. I would be like, it's all things that have to do with getting people together. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, events and groups and outreach and prayer. Right? Yeah. All those things. That's that's yeah. the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All the all the community life. Yes. Anything that is discipleship oriented, or you know, yeah. has to do with bringing people in. Yeah. That, you know, that's 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 my heart. That's you know. And now podcast host too. Yes. <laughs> Add that to the resume. <laughs> yeah. This is this has been fun. Yes. It's it's kind of hard to say what I am currently doing at the church because then I have to go through, okay, what am I not doing anymore? Because there was a lot of things for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, I've, I've done a lot uh, in different seasons. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Different pieces of the church. So. Yeah. It's cool. It's good experience to find yourself in all kinds of different places and it gives yeah. Uh, you're really well-rounded conversation, um, even theologically, like as we begin to process these things, like just how we grow through that stuff as, as leaders. So, yeah. There are certain things that I could say, this is really not my gifting, but I did it uh-huh. and God did a work through it and it was really yeah. cool, but I'm thankful for that season yeah, to be yeah, closed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I, I know how that goes. I yeah. know how that goes. Yeah. So what do you do? <laughs> oh, well, right now I am neck deep in uh, school books because uh, yep. I have gotten started on a new master's program that I'm really excited about. And um, I'm neck deep in all kinds of like church history books. And um, yeah, but it's all good. It's all like really, you know, good and helpful things that I'll be able to use. So it's kind of yes. different. It's been a long time since I've been in school, but <laughs> it's um, it's different. And I'm a slow reader. So that's that's a little bit challenging, so I'm going to try to become a speed reader, but I don't know. We'll if, see how that goes. If you figure out how to become a speed reader, please tell me because I am a slow reader as well. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because I just want to really understand what I'm reading. Like, I don't yes. want to spend hours and hours reading something and then have no idea. Like, that's yep. a total waste of my time. Absolutely. Like, totally. I might as well not even read it if I, that's the case. So I, I end up myself- reading slow for comprehension. That's exactly my problem. It's like I get into something and I'll read something and then I'll be like, did I really understand what that said? And I'll go back and I'll read the sentence again because I want to know that I particularly all the things that we study and read, which is like theological (laughs) stuff, which is I, you know, I'll just say like there's deep spiritual consequences to not understanding these things. 1,000%. So we ought to kind of be slower to read and to comprehend. And, uh, but the the spacing is like 
single space like oh, eight man. font. It feels like eight font, and so you're um, like, "Where's my magnifying glass?" Because <laughs> yeah, it it just takes me like a long time to read a chapter. So um, uh, that's that's what my life looks like right now is mm. uh, adapting to preparing for sermons. I feel like I'm shooting videos like every day for like all <laughs> kinds of random things. Well, and, we are in the season of videos. So. Yeah, we are, and um, and then reading lots of books. Yes. And yeah, yeah. So um, but th- I love this. I love this time we get to spend. Yeah. Uh, and I pray it's really helpful for people Me as too. we dive into the I conversation. Think, I think that's that's a, one of the biggest things. You know, it's just I don't want to do anything that's you know for mm-hmm. not. Like, yeah, yeah. For I'm sure. not. I'm not doing this to hear myself talk. Mm-hmm. So. I pray that it's helping somebody. Absolutely. I got a little treat today. Uh, nobody can see this. Um, but Jackie uh, brought me a pineapple Perrier. And that sounds just quite fancy <laughs> to even be saying. Uh, so I'll pinky out as I'm drinking my pineapple Perrier. It looks very manly right now. <laughs> you, you know. Um, but yeah, it's quite delicious. We were talking about that it, it tastes like the one drink at uh, Epcot. Yep. Um, in the little the pineapple in Fanta the world soda. of coke thing yeah yeah awesome so. it's my favorite and so i every once in a while when i'm at the gas station i'll see one and i'll be like oh i'm gonna go see this person i know they like sparkling water and i'll be like you have to try this yeah that's awesome <laughs> well thank you so so kyle was the the victim of my <laughs> yeah. hey i'm a happy recipient awesome <laughs> well let's dive into the conversation today um this sunday we talked a lot about do you want to do a recap for us yeah absolutely um we, we wrapped up our series i really wanted to pivot a little bit from <clears throat> stories in which jesus has met people in their pain we've been doing a series called i'm not okay and jesus meeting people in their pain and giving them hope and purpose and really with all three of the stories we looked at it's kind of that jesus meets them in their pain mm-hmm. he brings hope and redemption restoration to them and then kind of sends them out with uh, opportunity to be obedient and to be used um, and to live a testimony. But I really felt just called and drawn to, um, to speak to those who are like, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm, I'm fine. I'm okay. Um, and it's, it's kind of become a thing around here, uh, that when people are not okay, they'll tell each other because we've used this so much they'll tell each other i'm fine and they'll do quotation marks i'm fine because we use this acronym feelings inside not expressed around here a lot and so it's just kind of code for i'm not okay but for a lot of people they're just like i'm okay i'm fine i'm good and even through this whole season and things are getting bottled up and and oftentimes in the christian world that ends up being um just doing all the good works Yep. And and really looking at the outside of their life, and you know, my my family's all you know fine and good, and we've got a decent house, and our bills are paid, and you know what I mean. They look yeah. at all these metrics that everybody else is looking at, and I'm like, I guess I'm good. Like life is good. This is it. And and Jesus addresses those who are confident in their own righteousness in in Luke 18, and that's kind of what we went through um, looking at uh, a Pharisee who approaches God alongside um, uh, the parable. Jesus talks about uh, a tax collector that comes and and the, you know, the Pharisees acting like he's awesome because he's, you know, fasting and tithing every week. And, and, you know, the tax collector comes and he's just beating his chest and realizing that he's not okay. He's not good. And he, he, he knows there's, 
you know, um, he needs God's mercy. Uh, and then further in the text, it really talks about how um, uh, this parable, or not parable, but the story of the rich young ruler who came to him. And, mm-hmm. and you know, he thought he, he was good. He had done everything. He had kept all these commands since he was mm-hmm. a boy. And Jesus is like, yeah, there's there's actually something else that we need to talk about. It's yeah. going on. You're not as good as you think you are, bucko. Yeah. <laughs> and and he sends him away very sad. And mm-hmm. even as a preacher this weekend, I felt like I could send a lot of people away sad. Because <laughs> yeah. they're like, I actually thought it was good. And, and uh, I got a ton of just messages just saying that that was good and we needed it. And, and I needed it. And so that was that was good. Absolutely. I think that there is a lot to the the idea that when we feel like something that we're good, when, when we are dangerous place to be, it is because there is usually something lurking beneath the surface that God's ready to reveal. (laughs) You know, I I remember, um, I was, um, I grew up in the Tampa Bay area. And so there's this baseball team called the Tampa Bay Rays down there. And there was a, a guy who many, anybody that follows baseball would know this guy's name is Josh Hamilton. Um, who, I believe he's a believer now. I don't really know his whole story, but anyway, he had battled a- addiction. Just he—he he was an, an athlete that just kind of rose to fame very early. One of those type athletes, and was probably like the number one pick in the yeah. in the draft. And um, he just got really wealthy very fast. And he had an addictive personality, and he found himself just caught up in like drugs and alcohol abuse, and really just ruining his life. And so I, I just remember hearing him tell his testimony of becoming free of those things and he, where he had to get the place. Like, I actually don't trust myself when I say I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, I know I'm not. And so it got to the point where he's like, I actually don't trust myself with money. I have to ask someone else for my money all the time. Yep. And I just always remember that story of like, just that when you say you're okay, you know, a lot of times that's, that's a pretty dangerous place to be. It's like pride comes before the fall. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily bad to say we're okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I like, mean, if you're honestly good, like yes, you're, you're good, but ex- there's this other side of that. You've got to, right. But there's always something that God yeah. is working on that he's trying to reveal in us that he's, you know, constant, he is constantly mm-hmm. moving <laughs> and whether we see it yet or not, yeah, there is always something that he wants to go a little deeper with us. And I think that's the beauty in it. Yeah. That, you know, we can see ourselves as okay. I was actually just talking to a friend about this and, and I don't know about you, but I'm an Enneagram too. And so that's the person who wants to be liked and loved and, you know, wants to care for people, but uh-huh. also, you know, but a lot of it's pride. Yeah. You know? A lot of that once, <laughs> yeah, I, but, I need, but I need it back too. Exactly. <laughs> right. I want you to love me and I want you to tell me I'm awesome yeah. and <laughs> all yeah. the things, you know? Yep. And I almost talked about the Enneagram like three times on my message this week and like cut it, edit it every time. Cause I'm like, this isn't about. It, so, anyway, yeah. This is the place to talk about. Yeah, that, absolutely. Let's talk about it. <laughs> you have this now. Yeah. So I was talking to her, and she's also two. And so we're talking about how, like, my wife is a two. <laughs> yeah. There's several twos here. Yeah, there is. <laughs> um, especially in my inner circle, because mm-hmm. we get each other. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about like this pendulum that we live in, where, like, we'll come to a place where we'll be like, I am good. Like, I feel like I am where God wants me to be doing what God wants me to do moving. And, you know, like, I feel like I, you know, am all the things he says I am, 
you know, mm-hmm. all of those wonderful yeah. things where, you know, I'm redeemed, I am holy, I am loved. I, yeah. but <laughs> it's a pendulum. <laughs> so we're over here, but it takes no time at all for me to start swinging back and being like, no, no, I really am crap. Nope. I really am yeah. terrible. And that's, <laughs> and that's really what I was saying on Sunday. Like this pride humility thing is not a place you get to. No, it's absolutely like not. this constant, like, I think I said you have to uproot that pride every single day. Like it's yes. a daily, you know, task mm-hmm. to do. It, I mean, it's kind of the crucifying the flesh. I feel like task. for me, when I because I know myself, and when I I know how my mind works, and my heart is not. I don't want to have pride. Like it really, I don't. I want to not, yeah. be fully surrendered to God, yeah. and that means that. There is no pride, but I do recognize that in my flesh, I, I can get prideful if I allow it to stir up. And it's easier than what we often realize it is Yes, for it to happen. And yeah. so usually when I get a compliment, like, and I don't take compliments well, I say I want people to tell me I'm awesome, but then it's like, oh, this is so awkward. <laughs> can you not do this? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I will, I usually recognize the Holy Spirit. You know, because yeah. usually when somebody's complimenting me, it's something that God has done, yeah. you know. And, and so I, I can easily say, you know what, thank you. That is totally God moving in my life, you mm-hmm. know. And, yeah. then, and then that, and I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit has made it to where I am uncomfortable getting compliments. Because it's a recognition that if, if I were to just accept it for what it is, then I would be fanning the flames of my pride. Uh-huh. And so instead, I, I don't ever want that. Like, I don't ever want that. I want to just be able to be like, nope, it was God. It wasn't me. Yeah. But thank you. Yes, I yeah. was obedient in that moment to yeah. do what he asked. It's just <laughs> that filter, I think, that takes place between our head, our heart, and our mouth. Mm-hmm. And it's, sometimes it's like it's too late and it already came out. And then we actually got to think about that. We're like, oh, that was actually kind of... Yes. kind of arrogant the way that came out or even yeah. like so much of our life now is in like text yes or whatever oh my goodness. and so <laughs> just being like slow to speak and you know obviously yes. slow to get angry but you, you know, would quick to listen you would think that because a lot of our life is written right now that we would be more conscious of what we're saying we're just so quick and emotional about so many things yes mm-hmm. people don't stop and mm-hmm. think when when i'm praying this is something that I like to do when I'm praying is I, I don't want the words to be my words. Like mm-hmm. when I pray, I want, I want the Holy spirit praying through me. So if I'm ever praying out loud, if you'll notice, I typically stop and I pause and I, and I'm yeah. because I'm trying to clear my own thoughts. Like I don't, I don't need, we don't need my prayers. We don't need <laughs> my words. We need his. And so it is that pushing away you know, because it's, it's easy to think like, okay, well today we need to pray for these things or today I need to do this or this. And, you know, for me, it it really depends on the type of prayer. Like if it's public prayer, you know, cause, cause I agree, I agree with what you're saying. I also think there's this string that should be attached to our authentic, you know, authentic, like pain and emotion to that. That's so real and so raw that we can't divorce ourselves from right and that, i know that's not what you're saying but i right. just want to kind of add a clarity yeah. to a second point of that because it's it's not one or the other it is right like, i mean it, stream of conscious is still a thing uh, <laughs> we still yeah. have to think through our prayers it's not like and, and just i mean look at the the psalms for example mm-hmm. like those prayers of songs there's 70 percent of them are 
our complaint, yeah. you know? Oh, and absolutely. So I think it's a lot, letting the Holy Spirit like draw the truth out right. of us absolutely. and lead us into the truth. It's like yes. both sides of that. The Holy Spirit is on both sides. Yep. When it comes to the scriptures, when we're reading the scriptures, like um, helping us understand the things in our heart and the Holy Spirit was bringing clarity and remembrance to those who would write them mm-hmm. beforehand. And so I think the same thing's kind of true in our prayer life as well. I I agree. I, I think that there, the, the idea of the pause and the like is to allow honesty and vulnerability. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? I like, 100% agree. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm right there with you. I it's agree. like, I don't, <laughs> Let me just not rush into just yes. talk to talk yes. and in some false front. But let me let it be true and honest. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't want it to be a well contrived prayer if mm. that makes sense. You know? I think a lot of people who are afraid to pray in public or um, to pray with their spouse or to pray among friends in a small group, I think if they just paused mm-hmm. and just said, God. Help me to be honest and help me to speak, you know, um, speak what's true. Yes. I think they'd find that they can do it quite well. It's no big deal. That's that's what I tell my kids. My, I mean, my kids hear me pray all the time and I'm good with words. Uh-huh. So they just, and I, and because I know scripture, a lot of things just come so, out as yeah. scripture, yeah. you know, and that's, that's not something that is contrived. It's something that just is the overflow of my heart mm-hmm. because when God, when God puts the word of God in me, it, it resonates and it becomes truth and it becomes solid in who I am. Mm-hmm. So when I pray, the word of God typically comes out mm-hmm. because I'm yeah. praying to him, yeah. you know, but for my kids, they don't know the word of God like that. They don't understand it like that. They they haven't had the ability to really let it seep in and become who they are. And because of that, I tell them all the time, I don't care what you pray. I don't. What I want you to pray is whatever is on your heart in this moment, whatever God is telling you or asking you. I don't know because I'm not, I, I am not in your relationship with God. You are in your relationship with God, but there's no bad prayer. I mean, unless you're asking for, a gumball every five seconds, you know, (laughs) then we need to rethink. I see the overflow of your heart and now we need to have a conversation about what that is. (laughs) But you know, like be honest, God doesn't need you to be fake with him. Mm -hmm. It's an honest conversation. And if we can be honest with God, then we can be honest with ourselves, Mm -hmm. but it takes that honesty and, and being willing to look at what's really in our hearts. Yeah. And I think going back to the Luke 18 passage that we were looking at Sunday, I mean, that was kind of the issue. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus was forcing the rich young ruler to look deeper in his heart that there was actually a secret idol of wealth that he was, um, you know, he loved more than Jesus and he, he was unwilling to surrender it from what we have in the text. Um, and with the Pharisee, the same thing, like there was, there was a, there was pride that needed to be addressed and, um, you know, that he was not very introspective. He was all like just very proud of what he had done. Whereas the tax collector was very introspective and realized his need for a savior. Yeah. There's something we say a lot in church and that is, we talk about the posture of our heart Mm -hmm. and, and I know that that sounds different if you aren't typically in church or you haven't heard it over and over. I've heard it pretty much all my life. Um, but 
and that's because I grew up in church. It's just, it's a churchy term. Uh But what it really just means is uh, when the Bible talks about our heart, it it means our mind, will, and emotions, typically. It means the mind, will, and emotions. So when we talk about the posture of our heart, we're talking about where we are in our mind, will, and emotions. What are we grounded in? What are we really seeking after? What, what is our, what are those things being run by? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. when, you know, the mo- it's the motor. Yes. It's, it's that's what running is, all of our actions. Yes. What's driving our mind, will, and emotion. What is the thing that is either pulling us towards God or pushing us away? Yeah. Yeah, uh, the school we graduated from, um, Lee University, like uh, when we graduate, the I actually preached from the Bible I was given at that graduation. And um, in it, you know, like kind of our um, kind of benediction all the time was let the words of my mouth and the meditations oh, of my heart be uh, acceptable in your sight. And I think that's a prayer. I mean, that's just it is a, a prayer, prayer. <laughs> when we're talking about posture of our heart, like let the meditations of my heart, mm-hmm. let the things I'm thinking about all the time. Um, and the words in my mouth, what comes out, be yes. acceptable in your sight. And I think a lot of us, we need to ask that question more during the week, you yes. know, on Tuesday morning in the board meeting. We Or, you yes. know, when we're trying to pack up the kids on, on the way to church Sunday, not just at the altar on Sunday, you know. Okay, I want to do something. Yeah. Um, so we talked, we just talked about taking that into the everyday, yeah. like, so can you pick a psalm, just any psalm? Like like just random psalm? Just a psalm you love. Don't make it something crazy. I, I love Psalm 37. 37. All right, yeah. we'll do 37. And I want to kind of do an exercise, something that I do. Um, I am not prepared for this, so I have no idea what's coming. Uh, yeah, Welcome so to we my go. world. <laughs> he's, at, he's at my whim on, t- on, <laughs> yeah. on our Tuesdays. <laughs> hey, well, I do this in staff meetings all the time. Like, here's an exercise. You're on this spot, so you're just feeding it right back to me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I see. I was, okay. I was like, holy cow. Okay, so we're not going to do all of it, but we're just going to take the first part. And so something that I like to do um, at least once a week if not more, is go through and pray a psalm over myself and Mm. over my family. Yeah. So the first verse, and I'm reading from the New American Standard because that's my typical go-to. Hey, that's what my, I pulled it up on my (laughs) app here to read, and um, it's in in ASB as well. There we go. See, we're on the same page. There you go. That that is my go-to text. Um, But when I'm teaching, I typically use the ESV because it's a little less literal. (laughs) Yeah. So the first verse is, do not fret because of evildoers, but not envious toward wrongdoers. So what I would do as I'm reading this, and I'm, I'm in a mindset of prayer. So like, I'm not necessarily looking at the text for understanding of the text. I'm looking at the text through God, how is your word going to refine me today? Mm -hmm. How is it going to speak over me? Yeah. So what I would do is I would say, do not fret because of evildoers. So I would think to myself, Lord, what, what am I fretting over? Mm -hmm. Are there things in my life that I am, I am giving undue worry about, you know, Lord, and show me those things Mm -hmm. so that I am not worried for those things tomorrow. Yeah. And so I'll go through this and I'll, and I'll just begin to allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Yeah, God, who are the wrongdoers? Yes, who are the wrongdoers I'm, that I'm envious of? Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. go for it absolutely no that's good and then um god help, help me have perspective yes you know and all this i mean just because it says for they will wither quickly like the grass and yes. fade like the green herb god help me have perspective on that Yes. Remind me that you are sovereign overall mm-hmm. and that you are in the middle of all of this and yeah. that if there is evil or wrongdoers in my path, mm-hmm. that I'm I'm protected from whatever they're trying to do because you are who you say you are. Mm-hmm. And you said your word is a light into my path, in, a lamp into my feet, a light into my path, and you're going to make the way straight. And if there are evildoers in that path, you know, and then I just, yeah. you, I just start. That's yeah, good. That's a good exercise. Yeah. Yeah. And so then verse three says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. And so, you know, it's not something that you, it's not a question. You have to draw the question out for yourself. You know, but God will lead you there. Yeah. And if you read through a few verses and you don't, you don't really feel a question stirring, just move to the next one. Mm-hmm. There's a whole Bible worth of scripture to do this with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, that's really good about getting our heart in the yes. right place as we, we pray the scriptures. Yeah. Right. And so when we look at the posture of our heart, it's really taking an intimate look at what is inside of us. Where do we really put our trust in? Where do we really put our faith in? And I think if this is not a normal exercise for you to question your posture, to, to seek God in those, in that, what's the word? What would, what would a word be? Oh my goodness. I said I'm good with words and now here we are. (laughs) Pride comes before the fall. It's so true. (laughs) Um, it's, oh gosh, what's the word where you, well, it's gone. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> you got me. But you know what I was just thinking of? I was just thinking of Psalm 139. I mm-hmm. just where throughout that Psalm, he's constantly just saying, search me, search yes, me. Yes, search me and search know me. Search me, search me, search me. You know, before, in the middle, in the end, he's, he's saying, search me. And so it's not yes. like, okay, <clears throat> it's easy to say that when we're like up against the evildoer or somebody who's mm-hmm. frustrating us or the the boss who is, you know, unrelenting or, you know, it's, it's easy to say that then, um, but then going back in the middle and going back at the end and just saying, God, continue to search me. It's not just a one-time thing. It's constant. God, I I need my heart in the right place throughout this thing. Not just, I'm going to do my own thing. And then afterwards I'm going to repent and try to get my heart right, which is where, frankly, where a lot of people live. Absolutely. They're just kind of reactionary as opposed to really proactive that no, no, I actually want to honor you and be faithful through the pro- like through the all of it yes. with all of my life, not just trying to make up for things on Sunday mornings. Yes, you know. Well, and I think I think that that's the key right there is Sunday mornings. It it is so easy for us as believers to rely on Sunday mornings to be the thing that cuts away the the things that are holding us back from God. Yeah. But really, Sunday mornings should be an overflow of what God has done throughout the week. Yeah. You know, and that, I think we're that... We're celebrating those things. Yes. And, and and when there's battles up that, we're worshiping through those things and praising through those those struggles that we are having through the week. And it's yes. just, yeah, an oddest time to, to fellowship and celebrate. Yeah. I think when we begin to look at our posture, when we begin to look at where our heart is, that's when we see, honestly, when we see the Ten Commandments really come into perspective. Because 
if we looked at the Ten Commandments and we look at like, okay, thou shall have no other God before me. Well, if I took a good look at myself, I guarantee you I could find something I'm putting before God. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, and we try to, that's, that should be the aim, you know, but when we're looking at our posture, it it's, so I think about me growing up and how I was raised. I was raised in an awesome church, but the message was always kind of like, you need to do good. Not that that was what they were saying, but that's what I was hearing as yeah. a kid, yeah. you know, in faith. We have to go through seasons where we hear that. I feel like that is, that is one of a growing season for m- most believers is we have to, it's the tension where we live in between the, it's the way we're translating everything. It's the most elementary and first way we understand. Yep. Um, which is, it's our own kind of uh, mosaic law. It's our own yep. kind of Israel experience. Absolutely. Where we're trying to keep up with the law. I mean, it's it's what comes natural first. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what happens is what you said and what happened in my life too, which is where I'm looking at the church and I think that the church is actually teaching yep. something it's actually this inner voice in me that's a uh, little pharaoh in me that's trying to just make me yeah. do because i mean how what's the best way for the enemy to attack us mm-hmm. yeah oh you're on fire for god now well if you're on fire for god i can tell you you're doing everything wrong mm-hmm. yeah. when god is Bring actually yeah. he's he's not sitting there like well you did that wrong you did that wrong he's not sitting there doing that he's like he is i feel like so often he's fixed on what is your heart? Mm-hmm. What is your heart? Is your heart to do good? Because if it's to do good, even if you fail, it's, it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. He's drawing us into yes. the fullness of his perfection is, is what he's doing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because we look at all of these things that are sin and sin just means the word for sin in the Bible just means failure. Mm-hmm. It means that we've missed the mark mm-hmm. that there is, we weren't able to be as good as we mm-hmm. sh- were originally created to be. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we live in a flesh that is just naturally there right now. Mm-hmm. And we'll always have that tension between failing and our desire to be good. Yeah. where most people get caught up is in that shame cycle of just what we were just talking about a minute ago, which is where it's, we're, we're constantly focused on our failures Yes, because we have a false perception of what God's focused on. Um, but really we've just given in to the cycle that enemy would love to just trap us in, yes. which is just constantly focused on that. And we're missing out on the goodness of his character and the fullness of his faithfulness and his perfection, which is where we dwell and really where we find freedom. Absolutely. Um, and where we, f- we can overcome um, sinful patterns in our life, you know? Yeah. And in that shame cycle, something to think about is that when, when we allow that shame cycle to happen, when we allow ourselves to remain in a sin that we've already asked for forgiveness for, and we've already, walked out what we need to walk out to make it right when we live in that shame cycle we're saying that the redemptive work of the cross is null Mm -hmm. that it isn't true that Mm -hmm. what god said isn't that promise that he gives us on the cross is actually negated by us remaining in that well i am horrible i am this Mm -hmm. i i can't be good because i mean we we 
we downplay the cross when we do that. Mm-hmm. We we rip out its authority. Yeah, I've I've said it in a pretty um, intense way in which I felt like it snapped my attention when it needed to be snapped on that front, which is I spit on the cross. Yeah, absolutely. When I do that, that yes. that I just needed some strong language. Yeah, you know what I mean. I to think like it's good. to just have the severity of how much I'm wasting what has been given for me, yes. you know, when I'm doing that, when I'm dwelling in that shame cycle, I'm, I'm just spitting on the cross. Like I'm, yes. th- that, that's, that's brutal enough. That's edgy enough that for most of us, we're like, okay, yeah, I don't, yep. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I need to get up out of this shame <laughs> yeah. cycle and, and move into the life he has for me. Well, and we can't have a heart postured to him if we're constantly living in that. Yeah. Because our posture becomes that of like, weak and degraded and god did not he did not come to save us for us to not live in the authority he's given us yeah um can i go somewhere with this posture thing um because i've you know got a long history as a worship leader um and posture is obviously something that i think a lot about uh, from a worship leader's perspective um, because the Bible uh, commands all these postures and yeah. and we they're expressions of worship to God and praise to God and and we see those in our churches um, depending on what uh, movement or tradition those postures look different. I feel mm-hmm. like and um, the the joke of Catholic churches is you're just you're <laughs> kneeling all the time. It's right? the it's the it's the aerobic workout of the church. In, in Baptist Kneel churches, sit, it's the stand up, sit down, stand yep. up sit down um in more charismatic churches lively churches it's the lifting of hands and, and the running around with ribbons ro- running around with ribbons right <laughs> a little bit more um you know exciting postures um but i've always th- there's a complexity there in my personal growth and then how i've tried to teach this is that our physical postures do matter mm-hmm. um, they are connected to our heart, um, but it's very possible for someone to be, um, you know, lifting their hands, for example, and their heart to be very far from God. Oh, absolutely. To be doing it as a a, uh, a symbol that, hey, look, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm there. I'm in the right place as a show. I've, yeah. I've seen people do the ribbon thing and, or dance or something like that, and it's been honest and pure and holy, and then I've mm-hmm. seen people do it, and it's like, you're like it's I can feel it it's a show for you yeah and and that actually makes me sick to see yeah when it's honest and beautiful like it 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 moves me and it's inspiring to to see that abandonment but in worship but um but so I think the physical posture matters but oftentimes it it doesn't tell the whole story um obviously because God's not looking at the outside he's looking he's looking to the heart um, but I think on the other side of that, the internal, if the internal posture is right, yeah, then there's always going to be an external posture shift. Absolutely. You know, uh, in something, and, and I'm not just talking about like musical worship, like the things like lifting hands or bowing down or clapping hands or anything like that. I'm, I'm saying into our life, mm-hmm. right? When the internal posture is right, it's going to express itself in actual faith in our life. Um, and how we treat others and how we are loving to, uh, it's going to show itself in, in all these other ways. So um, I just wanted to mention that, but I think, cause I think a lot of us, we get caught up in a place where like, 
I don't know, particularly going back to musical worship, just because I was talking about the worship leader thing, is, well, I'm not really feeling super surrendered right now, so I'm not going to really, like, engage or, like, do the physical posture. But oftentimes for me, it is taking the physical posture that's telling my heart, sending signals back to my heart that says, no, like, you're not. You're right. You're not being very surrendered right now over this area of your life. And, and you need to get there. And so I'm like, yeah. God, help me get there. You know, and that posture is like, God, I need you to help me get there. So they can work hand in hand. Some of the times when I am like, I feel like I've hit a wall in worship where I, I don't feel like I've, I'm, I don't feel like I'm connecting with God. If I, I don't feel like I'm connecting with the spirit and he'll, he'll simply say, get on your knees you know, get on your knees. And when I do, it's not, thing, yeah. yeah, it's not because I, you know, I'm like so moved by God that I need to get on my knees. It's because he's saying, if you don't change your physical posture, the posture of your heart is not going to change. Yeah. The move that I want to do in you is not going to happen yep. because you're too stuck here uh-huh. and in the physical and yeah. I need you to be in the spiritual. Yeah. And, and that sometimes that looks like changing your posture. Like mm-hmm. you said, you know, yeah, it's, a lot of breakthrough happens when we change our physical posture. Amen to that. Yeah, it's really I mean, true. And that, that goes for location. Yeah. You know, I can tell you over and over, I have had some of the best times with God in my room, but there are days when he is like, you need to get out of this room and go somewhere else. Uh-huh. Because what I want to speak to you today, what I want to yeah. do through in you today, I can't do in this room. Yeah. Not because he can't do it, but because my myself my mind my will yeah. my emotions they have to change and sometimes that means getting out of where i am and moving somewhere new god god works through our humanity absolutely and so it's like writer's block i mean mm-hmm. like you just got to change that environment sometimes and yeah. change a location and and the postures are part of the, our humanity mm-hmm. and our physical expression and and um yeah, and and so they're intricately woven in there, and so we've just got to be willing to search our heart and yeah. and 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 continue to press into that, and um, you know, move when he's asking us to move, yes. and how he asks us to move. I think something we as believers need to think about when we are asking ourselves, okay, God, what is the posture of my heart? What are you doing in me? How are you moving? I think one of the things that we need to look at in that time is am I worried about my feelings or am I trusting and believing in spite of my feelings? Because our, when we look at the posture of our heart, I know it, it, it's easy to say, you know, we want our heart inclined to God. We want to love God as much as he loves us. We want to have faith that moves mountains, but how do we get there? I think is the big question. Mm -hmm. And one of those things is belief even when our feelings are going against that, uh-huh. you know, when, when you're sitting in doubt, you're saying, you know, I, I physically don't understand this. Mm-hmm. This is hard. I mean, I can think of moment after moment after moment of times when I'm like, God, I do not understand what you're doing in this. Yeah. I don't understand why this had to happen. I don't, but I believe you, mm-hmm. even though my emotions are telling me that it, I I can't believe in a God who would do this, right, who would allow it's this to happen. Stretching our faith, yeah, it beyond is. what we see and what we think we have uh, a hold on for sure. 
something that um, somebody I heard in a message one time was a guy talking about how we have to choose faith and we have to, you know, it is, it's not always going to align with our feelings. And he was talking about marriage and he's like, the reason my wife and I have been married for, I think he said 40 years at the time or something like that. He's like, the reason why we're still married is because we never gave ourselves another option. Mm-hmm. We never allowed divorce to ever be a conversation. He's like, we, we chose that in spite of our feelings, this is what we were doing for the rest of our lives. He's like, and that doesn't mean that we always liked each other, that we always were in so in love that it was like sunshine and roses, Uh you know, but he said in the choosing our marriage became stronger Mm -hmm. because even though I didn't like her in the moment, we, our marriage grew because of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think another thing um, is, that really incites the proper posture of our heart. Um, it's just the proper fear of God. I feel like my emotions um, are very often um, driven, I mean, by many things, but often by outside perspective and outside the, the approval of others, the affirmation of others, or mm-hmm. what someone else said, or what they did, or who's questioning yep. whatever decision or whatever. And so for me getting my heart in the right place is always about st- starting with like the fear of the Lord and like, yes, actually I'm that, that gets me in the right place more than anything is actually got to care more what you think than anybody else thinks. And yep. um, when we can be prone to, you know, be really worried about what everybody else is thinking, everybody else is doing and not just God, what are you thinking? What are you doing? And then it's like, okay, it's just me and you in the room. It's just us <laughs> Lord. Yep. Um, would you help me get in the right place here? And then it's amazing what, you know, 30 minutes, uh, 45 minutes with the Lord can do to uh, get get you in the right place and then walk back out and your heart's yeah. in the right place all of a sudden. <laughs> Absolutely. That That is something that I think we often, as believers, we negate. We negate that we need to pour into God. Not because he needs that, but because we, oh, I, Chris Hodges said it one time, the best. He was like, he's like, my kids, I asked my kids to give, and I'm probably butchering this, but that's fine. He's like, I asked my kids to give me respect, not because I need them to respect me, Mm -hmm. but because they need to understand that they need to respect authority, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's good for their soul. Yeah. It is, it is good for our soul. Yeah. It is good for you know, our soul. In all that crazy reading I'm doing, I was reading this church history book in like in the fourth century. Mm-hmm. And I took a picture of it and I may end up talking about it in church at some point, but that through one writing, and this is just one writing after the scriptures, that the way it's expressed about communion, about the Eucharist, about the Lord's Supper, is that the early church really saw that as ministry to the Lord. Yes. Which is kind of a different thought for me. I have not really looked at it often like that. It's been ministry to me. Right. But rarely do we really look at the Eucharist as ministry to the Lord. Yep. 
But that's really powerful. I mean, it, even the the word, the Eucharist word, which means Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, going back to what you were just saying about Pastor Chris's thing, it's, I'm, no, I'm actually thanking God. I'm actually ministering to him as I take this. It's not just, you know, thank you for me. You know what I mean? Right. But it's no thank you for this. And it's a ministry yes. to the Lord out of that. So I thought that was a, an angle. I, ha- I hadn't explored it at, at depth, um, but I'm, I'm there now. <laughs> I, I think God has done a work in me, I think over the last year and a half, really, like really done a work in me on that, that the best time with him, the most productive, the most overwhelming are always when I start in that posture of God, you are good. You are holy. You are the name above all names, you know, and I'm just, I'm just telling him of his goodness and that, although it is all for him, mm-hmm. it's all, it's all for me mm-hmm. because he, you know, in, in reality, God does not need us to pour out to him. Yeah, he, but, he knows how good he is. He understands how wonderful he is. For sure. It, it is the reminding ourselves of his goodness and yes. we're recounting his faithfulness and recounting his character. And that does it builds us up in faith. I think that's the beauty of communion is that in in that time we get to recognize that there is nothing apart from him that is good there is nothing that we can do apart from him that is good mm-hmm. you know and and it although it ministers to us it is it's a it's that back and forth that we have with the holy spirit that we have with god that he's he's constantly like what you pour into me, I'm going to pour out to you tenfold. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You absolutely. Know? So pour it, pour it all out. And <laughs> yes. And, and just know how much he, he pours that back into us. Yes. So today has been awesome. Um, we are going to go ahead and wrap this up, but we could go, we could go further. <laughs> yeah. I, I think my encouragement to everyone is just go further in that. Go further in searching the posture of your heart and, uh, reflecting on that and uh, ministering to the Lord out of that um, honest place and uh, and watch, watch what happens. Yes. See how that begins to impact every part of your life. Yep. It's going to be a good week. Absolutely. Um, if you have any questions, comments, prayer requests, um, you can text Fathom to 97000. And you could, there's a form there where you can fill out any questions or comments or concerns you have. <laughs> Absolutely. And then you could also um, email Jackie, J-A-C-I, at fathomchurchjacks.com um, and with any questions or anything. Or if you have a question for the podcast that you'd like to have answered. Hey, that'd um, be fun. Yeah, we need to do we need to do like a month where we just do your questions. That'd be kind of a fun way to connect with people. So That would be awesome. Yeah. Well, make sure you rate, subscribe, and star and review and all those fun things that help <laughs> podcasts grow and reach more people. So we yeah. appreciate you. We love you guys. We'll talk to you next week.